We go together Better than birds of a feather You and me We change the weather Yeah I'm feeling heat in December When you found me I've been dancing on top of cars And stumbling out of bars I follow you through the dark Can't get enough You're the medicine and the pain The tattoo inside my brain And baby you know it's obvious Oh man, I guess we got sucked into it Now no longer we're sucked into it Oh man, I, I, I am a sucker, I am a sucker Now I'm out of the whole championship blues Honeymoon period, the reality sets in a little bit But it's sad, I don't feel like the champs still uh, Welcome to the A Show, it's the uh, After Awards show for July 11th, 2019 Well, you know what, this is not an off-sode Although it's not the bi-weekly we're doing Maybe we'll do weekly again, starting this one So, um it's uh actually it's for July 10th. Either way, you get the idea. So I'm recording this a little late, uh, due to the other circumstances that was going on. But um, yep. So I hope you had a great Fourth of July, Canada Day weekend, uh, and a week. Summer's going well. Wow, it's uh, it's really muggy. It was really muggy and rainy out here in the Midwest and in the East Coast. It was really hot. I mean, I wasn't here most of it. But uh, man, as muggy as it was, uh, so does the future. It looks very muggy. And unclear for the Toronto Raptors, and then the oh man, what a what a crazy week, ten days it was, you know, following this whole free agency fiasco, and then the it's over, the ordeal's over. Kawhi Leonard's going to the L.A. Clippers, not a surprise from objective uh, objective view. However, the surprise obviously was Kawhi is also bringing Paul George. So what the fuck? the fuck happened and then uh he's making the power move and then the you know i guess it's the lesson that you saw the true colors of the true reporters and non-reporters i mean i was a little mad at the the wash a little bit that i was a little more annoyed with the non-information information that was coming through him and then just before the trade was announced like overnight uh, friday night 2 a.m eastern 11 p.m pacific i mean that was really calculated in the middle of the night on a Friday, Friday overnight, he announces this, or the report started coming out, and then the Adrian Wojnarowski, who's the insider for the ESPN now in the NBA, previously with Yahoo, I mean, his sources are still great, but it, the constant news that he was getting fed about the Lakers and all that situation was a little annoying, so I got ticked off, but then there was a period that he just went cold silent, you know, that Thursday, Friday period before the official Kawhi trade was uh uh, you know, you know, was reported out. So, and then there's Chris Broussard, Jalen Rose, Stephen A. Smith, so on and so forth. How many gazillion number of people? Brian Windhorst completely went AWOL because obviously the story doesn't involve LeBron, so he he doesn't know shit. And then Jalen Rose, when he said he's he's heard that 99% that Kawhi com- is coming back to the Raptors. And then I was like, well, that 1% is the won't or will not that he missed. And then Chris Broussard, I think it was a Friday morning, uh, <laughs> it was like, hey, uh, you know, Raptors had a very strong meeting. It's down to the Raptors and Lakers, Clippers out. And then I was like, who the fuck's fed this shit? And then um, obviously there was a whole fiasco going on near the end. You know, he met the Toronto Raptors last. And I was like, is he going to be such a dick and be like, show up to Toronto last and be like, look, I'm not signing with you after all the free agents disappeared as soon as the July 1st kicked in? You know, I was like, he wouldn't do that. But then again, I was like, you know what? It, like, who knows? There might be something going on. And obviously something was going on because he was orchestrating a Paul George move. 
from Oklahoma City Thunder, and then obviously pit the Clippers against the Raptors to get up, you know, leverage more package for the Oklahoma. And then the, I think the the general manager of the Oklahoma Thunder, Presti, wanted to you know thrift off Russell Westbrook and his got off a contract to the Raptors for Pascal Siakam and the whatevers. And obviously Raptors said no, because obviously there's no guarantee that even Paul George and Paul George were here and Westbrook like, hey, Kawhi's gonna come here for real or is this another barrage? Like you know who knows, right? So, and then I, I wouldn't take on that Russell Westbrook salary either because he can't shoot for shit. And then he's going to make $47 million in about four years from now. I don't know, man. I don't know. So, you know, and then the Paul George eventually got what he wanted. He, he goes back home after last year. Such a good-hearted story about Oklahoma City Thunder convincing Paul George to stay. You know, all that. No, no, no. That's all negligible at this point. It's bullshit. So, one-year gambles like the Oklahoma City Thunder took, the Raptors took. Obviously, the Raptors got the biggest reward possible, but um, I'm a little heartbroken that, you know, it's like no no free agent still wants to come here even though they win, and then they, it's a proven, you know, franchise at this point. Then again, who knows? Like, maybe next, well, next year's free agent class for NBA is like 2020. It's like, meh. 2021, that's a big one because like Kawhi apparently, according to the report today, signed a 2-plus-1 deal, not the 1-plus-1. Um... So it's like, okay, so everyone's like lining up for 2021 and do this again and give the short-term flexibility. But even with that, like Paul George is going to be available by then. Even with that, I'm just like, you know what? I think it's BS. Like he's just leveraging to get more money, which is whatever. And then I don't think he was going to go to the Raptors anyway. The most reliable reporter on this stage is Jabari Young, who covered, uh, who was in the athletic covering the San Antonio Spurs when Kawhi was on San Antonio. He's the one that, first one that said, you know what, that two-year contract, one plus one, is never in Kawhi Camp's mind. And then another, so another reports that are sipping out is like, I think Bruce Arthur, uh, is he still with Toronto Star? He was on TSN. He was in the National Post before. You know, he said he's heard from you know, Uncle Dennis and then the family, the sisters from the Instagram and all that. Oh, Kawhi family is like, you know, he's always going to the Clippers, always going to the Clippers. And then they talk about it even through the playoffs kind of openly. And I'm like, yeah, I guess they didn't report this out because we're so focused on, like, fucking the championship at the moment, you know, as a fan and then the outsiders. But, you know, like, even then, it's like he, what most people said was like, he probably made up his mind, you know, coming into the city. And then he says, fuck it, I'll make the best out of this and I'm going to prove my worth. And you know what? He did. He did. So, good for him. Uh, now he's not with the Raptors. Now he's the enemy. <laughs> so, I look how quickly I turn on him. Um... You know, it's like the, the championship. I I still cannot believe that it happened. It's like I I don't know if I'll if we'll ever you know have that moment. And then because I still don't believe that they won it, and then they lose a premium player like that, just like that, gone, poof, gone. And I'm just like, wow. It's like maybe later in life i'll appreciate this championship even more but god i go like god this could have been the start of dynasty you know now that Kawhi is out everyone's like oh the lakers like oh well lakers whatever lakers are, I, I don't understand the hype with the lakers every single leak that came out during this Kawhi fiasco or whatever obviously came out of the lakers camp and all these people who wanted to kind of pump up the lakers it's like oh they're, they're in this they're in this and then i'm like bullshit i call bullshit on every single one it's like he's not going to the lakers he's not going to the lakers even if he goes how, is, how who's he gonna surround himself with like ad lebron Kawhi, kyle kuzma who else 
Like, who are you going to sign? You got no money left, right? So I'm just like, what the fuck? So, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then even the Eastern Conference, and then West, I really like the Blazers better, Utah Jazz better. Nuggets still have the good core coming back, at least. Warriors still in this. D'Angelo Russell is an interesting signing. Let's see. Uh, Clippers obviously are up there at this stage with Paul George. That changes the game, I'll be honest. Uh, East, everyone's going, I like the Sixers. I like the Sixers. Like, the Bucks are still great, but I'm like, I, I, I don't want to sleep on Indiana. Sixers, people are like so like gaga over it because they got Al Horford and Tobias Harris. And then the what, who, who else did they get? I don't remember. But like Ben Simmons and Al Horford are not the shooter shooters. So I'm just like, Horford's getting old. So I'm like, I don't know. And then Joel Embiid, he better stay healthy. And Tobias Harris, is he really worth the hundred and, you know, the 90 million, the max contract? I mean, he's a great scorer. He's younger Jimmy Butler, but... I honestly don't know. They lost J.J. Redick. Yes, yes, the defensive liability, but he's like Danny Green. But just on the offense, Danny Green at least was a good on the defense. So I don't know. I'm just like, I, I really don't buy the Sixers. Yes, the talent is there. And then the Bucks also, I mean, they kept Middleton. Uh, hopefully he stays healthy for consecutive years. And then they got the both Lopez twins. It's like, okay. Uh, but they lost Brogdon, who went to the Indianas. And then in turn... The, I, I can't say pronounce the guy's name Anyways, it's like It's still a solid roster For the Bucks and the Sixers I think those two are the top two And then I'm like, uh, the Indianas And then Toronto is like obviously in the middle of the pack At best at this stage I think it's still a good playoff team You know um, they got, They're obviously working towards the future And then potentially the 21 free agent year I mean, they're gonna continue doing what they're doing. It's a solid foundation, a solid team. I, I'm glad they didn't give up all that for Russell Westbrook, who cannot shoot, hogging the ball. I mean, so there's that. I, I feel like Russell Westbrook, as athletic and as stat patty as he seems, you know, I, he's sort of an outdated point guard at this stage. He's the last of that slasher point guard, like the Derrick Roses uh, at the time, or Tyreek Evans when they drafted him. You know that kind of feel, that kind of vibe. So I'm just like, whatever, man. Um, so that that's, that's enough about the NBA. Now Kawhi is the enemy. Um, <laughs> therefore, it's gonna take a while for me to sink in. And then obviously the Raptors' attendance is gonna be down. I'm sure NBA is happy because he came back to the LA's and whatnot. So. There's that, and then a bit of a quick recap on the uh, last uh, episode about the adulting that I recorded. Um, so, uh, from the financial front, business news side front. So, the big news today, as of the July 10th, I guess, is uh, Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve Chair. Is that right? Is he the Federal Reserve Chair? Either way, is that you know the big question right now is like, hey, are the interest rates gonna get cut? You know, it's a big political topic. And then I don't know for some reason I thought this all afternoon today, you know. So Jerome Powell said that there is a possibility that they might cut the interest cut interest rate even more. Uh, and then he's like, rate cut is likely coming soon. And I'm like, I because everybody expected like it's they're gonna keep the current rate at least or increase it, you know, given the Markets, I but I just go like, and then uh, Trump is not happy because keep the market, you know, good. Uh, so I'm reading the Times Free Press. I don't know what this website is. Uh, the press, the quote, President has the Trump has repeatedly accused Powell and the Fed of keeping the credit too tight too long and of by holding back the economy and the stock market. Most experts dispute Trump's assertion that he has the authority to either fire Powell or demote him. 
from the chairman's post, and his attacks have raised alarms that he's undermining Fed's long-recognized independence from the political pressure. Um, yeah, and it's, it's so the Fed's meeting in about three weeks, end of July or so. But I, and then people are like, hey, how much, like, it's been a historic run over the last 11 years of this growth. And then there was an article about, hey, the inverse yield curve, the yield curve inversion, which is like, what, ah, why is this not loading? So, what just happened also before the last seven U.S. recessions, reason to worry? This is an article on the NPR from June 30th. Um, So, there's a, well, there's an indicator called the yield curve inversion, and it refers to, and here I'm just reading this, it refers to when long-term interest rates are paying out less than the short-term rates. So, uh, supposedly, supposedly, the good economy in the good times, or whatever, about the good times to come. So, short-term interest rates, obviously, are, you know, shorter Shorter. <laughs> what was I saying? I might bring froze for there a second. So, like, if you get the thirty-year bond or something, the government issued bond versus ten-year treasury, five-year treasury, or whatnot. If the thirty-year treasury is like over the time pays less than the five-year treasury, uh, something's fucked up. How does that make sense? Like, you're you're investing longer in a longer month for longer payout over the interest and compounding compounding interest and whatnot. But how does that pay less? Like this is why you're the, always the philosophy is you pay your debt early as soon as possible because longer it goes, the interest fucking compounds, right? So, anyway, so that's why I sometimes go like, you know what? But if you're not living in a house forever, thirty year doesn't make sense. Just to the adjust adjustable rate mortgage, five seven years or something, and assume that you're gonna pay most of it off within that seven years, and then go from there, refinance it or whatever. But if it pays more to do a short-term loan versus a long-term, something's a little fucked up. And apparently, this has been happening over the last seven recessions. Now, we haven't had a historic run like this ever. And then I think my dad and I talked about it, too. It's like the, 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 the economy is so artificially inflated. I don't know if inflated is the right term. But obviously, the asset values are bubbled to the ridiculous point. And given the news today that they're going to like cut more rate, and I see more articles like, look, the 1980s, Japan kind of did this shit. You know, it's like you want to, U.S. economy could end up like Japan. You know, that kind of thing. Economy is not really growing. Like the way the market and stock market prices and then the, all the assets like the real estate and all that grew over the last 11 years. Has, have the wages gone up that much? Have the consumer spending gone up to that ratio? Um, I'd probably look it up. Yes, the consumer spending and confidence have been going up the last 11 years, for sure, from the downturn and whatnot. But is it at the same pace? Like, uh, we're talking about the minimum wage of seven seven fifty or something. Now, what is the national average? I don't remember in U.S. In Canada, it's like $10 to $15 and stuff. You know, it's like, is everyone... It doesn't always go up the same rate, but like, at least it has to come close somewhat, right? So... Obviously, this is like richer benefiting richer for sure. It's like if you had the existing assets, if you had the cash power to buy whatever the like the low value asset even five years ago, and then the way the stock market's been crazily going up, I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like I said last week's episode, I was like, I'm kind of pulling out slowly because I don't, I don't, I don't buy this. 
and you know all the tech stocks that people are jumping onto it and i'm like i i am really really more susceptible about those because like as soon as whatever like yo market sell from the machines or algorithms begin the first thing that go are those shopify netflix tesla google stocks it's like amazon boom go and i mean they reached the his the smp reached the three thousand point mark and then facebook bounced up to to $200 a share already. And then Apple passed at 200 again. So they're kind of going back to their all-time high level. But like, God, does it have them when to, to go? And then I'm like, what What else can the Federal Reserve do to keep this thing going? Yeah, it's not political or anything. It shouldn't be political or anything either. Trump will do his, all his shit talking. And I'm like, I'm sorry. We got a, the July Fed meeting, like the all these Fed meetings coming up over the next few quarters. And I'm like, how, how many like how many of these like oh my god like so dependent on interest rate to like go or no go and like all this i'm just like i i don't know how much of this game we can play because we've been really think after janet yellen left i really feel like she left at the right time it's like fuck it i like i don't know anymore it's like i did all i could everyone's like loves Jan- all the investors love janet yellen for keeping the interest low this much and like, i'm not blaming her either because like she had to but at the same time, it's like Jerome Powell comes in and is like, this motherfucker. And then like people are so mad at him. It's like, I'm sorry, somebody will have to deliver the bad news at some point. It's like, look, man, inflation's happening. We have to increase the interest rate. And they're like, boo. And then all these companies have spent gazillion dollars of debts to wreck up, you know, to the acquisitions and uh, the mergers and everything, especially in the media front. Like I talked about AT&T and their fucking debt, for example. And then the app B and all these medical companies consolidating, media companies consolidating. They're going to be fucking pissed. I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm sure they locked in the rate. But I'm like, uh, yeah, but, you know, investors, whatever, investors, machines, machines, trading, right? So I'm just like, somebody has to deliver the bad news at some point. And then is, 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 the, is the downturn happening when, the, when they go, will increase the interest rate significantly? I mean, they've been slowly doing it. Or like, what is it? Like, or one day the machines or some monetary policy or something. Trump says something about tariff, tariff, tariff. Or China says, fuck it, fuck this. And then like, just walk off the, you know, the table. The British heart, the Brexit, the hard Brexit got delayed one more time. Boris Johnson, you know, there are a lot of uncertainties still. Like the Brexit, hard Brexit, potential of a hard Brexit that's going to fuck up Euro. China, US trade talk. That's, that's, that's like, Fucking Katy Perry hot and cold song at this point. You know, it depends on what Trump feels like. Uh, what else? <laughs> Interest rate, obviously, in the U.S. And then that becomes it. Those three are the main, main things that I can think of around the world and be like, I don't know which one of these three is going to trigger this. Or one day, some machine just goes, in, I'm going to sell everything. And then everybody starts pulling out and all that shit, you know? Because I'm slowly kind of reaching the point where I'm like, I got to start pulling here. I got to start pulling here. It's like election is going to be also a big thing next year, right? So like you get Bernie or Camilla Harris or something. Regulation coming with FTCs, you know, with the face, break up the Facebook, break up the Amazon. You know, that talk, the antitrust talk. It's like when that actually picks up, I mean, the thing already started with the Facebook. And then something actually executes in that regard. Uh, maybe that's when sell-off of the tech stocks happen, which gonna drag down everybody. You know, who knows? It's like, there's a lot of uncertainty, and then I don't believe this market value. Now I'm at a point, I'm just like, 
All right, I don't know how long this this can go on. It's a historic run. Richer gets richer. Mode is like way too full right now. So, like we had a couple hiccups last, like end of last year, beginning of last year in 2018 February, then November December of uh of 2018. I just go. I don't know if you can just like repeat that company. Like a lot of companies are merging. A lot of people get fired. You know, a lot of overlapping jobs are let go. Everyone's like straining on the spending and everything. You know, so I'm just like, I don't know. I I don't know. I think it's bullshit. I'm I'm starting to feel that. Like especially today, I just felt that with some of the stocks that I look at. It's like, does this mean I'm gonna pull money on everything right now? It's like, no, not necessarily. I gotta strategically do it. But I just go. I think the time has come to really look into it. And I'm not the only one. And people comparing the U.S. economy with this interest rate with Japan. From the '80s, and that their bubble burst, and then it never really recovered. And interest rate never really meandered anywhere since then. I just go, I could be an interesting comparison. So let's see, let's see. Um, I guess I want to spend the last ten minutes a little bit talking about the uh, the trip I had last week about <laughs> Seattle, and then the San Jose. Uh, so I I went back. Uh, you know I we have a week off, so I decided to go back for a little bit. Um, it's been two years, just over two years, so about 25 months since I moved out. And then, uh, yes, I was there last September when the show came to a sudden halt. Uh, I don't want to go through that right now, but um, that it, I don't remember that trip so much. I'll just say that. So this really felt like a fresh trip back to Seattle. And then, I, my God, I, I don't know that. I, I really felt the two years is such a short time, but... It also felt like a long time, so it's, it's, how do I describe this? So when I, I rented a car, I drove around a lot, a lot of the roads and all that I still remember, so I can go mostly without the GPS. Uh, but it's a familiarly, what's the word? How do I say this? It felt familiarly new. So there's a lot of construction there, apartments, you know, it's. There are a lot of apartments and condos being built. Uh, housing obviously caught up, which San Francisco failed to address. Um, so, you know, the rent and then all that kind of like stagnated a little bit, in my opinion, in some areas, although it's a little more Seattle concentrated. Uh, public transportation, sound transit's ongoing. Traffic, goddamn, is a lot more than I thought. But then what did you expect? Like Apple just announced they're hiring 2,000 more people in downtown Seattle for the machine learning effort and the cloud services. And just before I left, I saw the report like, well, Amazon is going to build a 43-story building in downtown Bellevue on the east side across the bridge. And I'm like, you already have a seven-floor building and you move into the Expedia building and you're going to build another 43-story building? I'm like, what the hell? Like you're, and then they're still constructing in Seattle, uh, in the their main headquarters on the Fifth Ave. So it's like it's interesting, but cool. So, you know, so uh, it's it's a it's slowly growing. Um, it's not as, and then there are a lot of new people in town also. So it's not all the Pacific Northwest people. I feel like so it's a little it's a little I, it felt brighter for some reason. Maybe it's my attitude change. Maybe maybe because it's summer. Everyone's nicer because it's a tourist season. I I don't know. I just felt positive, like going there. I just go like, although one day it rained, it wasn't so bad. I just go like, God, okay. But three things that I noticed that I got back, I just go, God, I hate this about Seattle, or I just go, I I forgot about this about Seattle. So first is like when I start, 
when I started driving. It's like, God, people fucking drive so slow. And Texas and Washington are the first two states that pull over people who are going fucking slow in the first lane. And I don't understand why people still go slow on the very first lane. It's a passing lane. Move the fuck over. I've seen this happen way too many times. I wish police would pull over these people more often. It should be illegal. So I was weaving in and out. I fucking admit it. I had a California plate, so I look more of a fucking out-of-state person at this point. My little, you know, Nissan Versa, the notebook edition or whatever. So I, it, that was frustrating. I was like, I, I slowly started remembering that you, you live here. more west. You go slower. People fucking drive. So I just go like, God, move the fuck along. It's like traffic could be more efficient here. So that's one. Second one was uh, what was it? Driving around. Wow, I had the three points. I was mentioning this about eight, nine times, and I completely forgot about this. Uh, what was the other one? Yeah, what the fuck was the? Oh, the weather. So the first day I got there was seventy-eight degrees, which was the hottest day at that point. I, I mean, my God, you know, if there are some twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. There were summer days that was like ridiculously hot, 80s, 90s, and then it was stinking hot. And then it rained a lot too. Like I said in many episodes, two years ago, year and a half ago, I was like, God, it, like it had a precipitation level of like one year precipitation precipitation total in like five months. It was that bad. It was drenchy and fucking hot. You know, the last couple summer winters that I was here, and then it was back to a bit of a norm of the 70s. It was a cooler summer. And then, yeah, they had two weeks of snowstorm, which is interesting this year, in, earlier in January. And then I go, like, oh, 78. People go, like, it's hot. It's hot. And I'm like, dude, I just come from Detroit. It's fucking 90. And then it's muggy as shit, like it's fucking Florida last week. You call this hot? Give me a fucking break. It's a little sunny and nice. But I'm like, this ain't hot. And I just go, like, wow, did I turn Midwesterner, Eastern persons that easy? So that was the second thing I noticed. Third thing I, I noticed was... Uh, I was walking around the downtown uh, with the harbor front and everything in Seattle. Um, I think it was Tuesday or was it Monday? Might have been. It might have been Monday, the Canada Day, because uh, I I really wanted to get the Proshki next to the Starbucks store number one, uh, and then the the Panier. I wanted to get some, I don't know, coffee there. So I I wanted to do the old the usual old walk through the Pike. Pike Place Market, and then the waterfront, the walk around, there's a Ferris wheel there, there's like a little bench there that I sit and ponder about future in life sometimes, so I take a picture there every time I'm there. Uh, between the aquarium and the crab pot, uh, there's a little spot there that I always go and sit. I don't know how many people know about this place, but yeah, I just like going there and sitting there, so, you know, and then watch the ferries and cruises come, you know, towards the Bainbridge Island and all that stuff, um, and I, I came back up from the the harbor where the ferris wheel was and then th- i think it's called the harbor steps the old condo and i didn't recognize the color at first it was so sunny but it's so dark because they repainted this entire condo from orange to blue like the seahawks blue but not quite the seahawks blue it's not so limey and i go like god it's stinky as dark as shit what the fuck and then i come all the way up so this is right across the seattle art museum where there's a working hammering man there the only day that guy doesn't work is a Labor Day, which is two months away. But anyways, right across there, I saw the Starbucks Reserve Store. And I go like, I don't remember Starbucks being here. Was there a coffee shop here? Anyways, I was like, I was walking around for good 45 minutes or so at this time after eating piroshkis and just like digesting it off. So I decided to walk into the coffee shop. And I go, I need an Americano. So I walk in and I asked the 
the gentleman over there is like, Hi, may I get a grande ice blonde americano? And then this is the answer he just gives me by verbatim. Uh, we don't sell regular Starbucks beans here. We have the reserve beans only, like the East Timor, Kona, like that. And then for two seconds, I just go like, what the fuck was this attitude? Blah, blah, blah. But then like three seconds, like two seconds later, I just like, you remember this, BK, remember this. This is a fucking Seattle freeze. This is Seattle freeze moment. I was like, okay, I'll get the whatever the thing, but more on the lighter plane. And then he kindly explained it. He's like, oh, we also have mimosas and alcohol. I'm like, wow. And then I was like, where's your store here? I, 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 it's been a couple years. And I was like, when did you open? I just go, we opened in 2017. I just said, yeah, well, as, soon as, yeah as soon as I left, you guys opened this. <laughs> and then he laughed. Um, and then the reserve beans were really good, although it was $5. And they have a special reserve store cup. It was really nice. I got two of those, and I got it back. It's like, for $5, you got the reusable cup that you can use anywhere? I was like, fuck, I'll take it. There are only three reserve stores. So one in the Pike Place. Uh, not in the Pike Place. The Pike Street. Pike Avenue, God, I forget the road name. The Pike Pike Road, where the rotisserie store is, the uh, the reserve store is in the Capitol Hill, First Hill, First Hill to be accurate, and then this one, and then the headquarters. Those are the three reserve stores where they issue like these special things and don't have the regular veranda blonde or the Pike Place rolls. No, 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 none of that cheap ass shit. If you consider them cheap, there's a Starbucks snap. Like, they don't serve those. They got the special ones over here. So, anyways, this is one of the three. So, little tip there if you're ever visiting Seattle the next time. And, uh, yeah, and then I, w- I walk back after that. I didn't even take a... I walk all the way back to the my parking, the usual spot that I go to, which is the Bed Bath & Beyond. And then the elevator died. So, I was like... I, I went up and tried to read a sign, and this dude was, like, yelling at me. He's like, yo, that elevator's... The elevator's down. You gotta walk around. I was like, uh huh, and then like, kind of like, just kept walking there. And then because I wanted to read what it said, there was a phone number, and then I was like, oh, what's going on? Is there construction or something? It's like, and then he comes in because there was a door between us. He was outside, and then I come in through the elevator door, right in front of the elevator button. He's like, I said the elevator's out. You gotta go around to get to your get on to go underneath. You have to go across the street and get underneath. And I just looked at him. He was on the phone. I just go like, what the fuck is his attitude? For two seconds, and I started remembering, Seattle Freeze, Seattle Freeze. You were one of these people. You were one of these people. And I just said, I just calmly said, yeah, I know. So are you calling the number that's on that phone right now? No, I'm calling about some other business. You got to go around. You got to go around to get to your car. I know. I know. And I didn't say the part. It's like, I parked here for five and a half years since I moved here. So I know where to go to. Thank you. But I didn't say all that. I was like, yeah, I know. And then I just like walked. I just went on about my day. And then I go like, and then I tell this to a few people who are not familiar with the Seattle freeze and whole fucking attitude. And I just go like, yeah, that, I, for some, I, I just laughed at the end when I got in the car. But I was like, wow, I, I, I missed this. I missed this random hate. I forgot that this existed. And then uh, for some reason, other people was like, God, is Seattle really like that? And I'm like, yes, it's true. But I feel like there are more and more people from outside coming in here. So maybe it's not as bad anymore. But, you know, and then I go, so I just went on about my day. But I, there was this, this, the moments there. I just go like, I forgot about this shit. And then, you know, I, it was a good reminder. But two years felt like yesterday, I'll be honest. And, but then I guess I, I completely adjusted to mindset over here. So I'm just like, wow, I driving, I'm driving like a Michigander. I mean, I kind of always did, I think. But then I think I've become more impatient because everybody goes 80 miles an hour in Michigan, you know, 
compared to other Midwest states, like and New Jersey too, it's like bam, bam. California, all immigrant drivers, boom. But man, more west you go, it's fucking slower and slower. Hawaii is the worst, right? So, anyways, uh, and then I got to I got to go to the Gas Works Park, which I had never been to. Uh, for some reason, five years I lived there. I think it was under construction in, in the first few years I was there. But anyways, I, I never got to. I always go to the Green Lake. I don't go to the Gas Works because Gas Works is much smaller. Um, but you know, I got to go this time, and then uh, drive around. I drove back and forth from Bellevue to Seattle almost every day, and then uh, it, it was a good experience. The food was good. I found a Korean restaurant in Seattle because usually it's Linwood or Federal Way or some shit. So I was genuinely surprised, um, but I I, I kind of I go like wow I like it's way nicer than I remember except the whole people thing and then the rain time to time. So now I'm curious like I I I gotta go in winter. I was like look I gotta remember when it's a dark time when you have the fucking Chris Cornell you know fucking Kurt Cobain. I want to shoot my head itself in the head moment you know that kind of shit. But anyways I I digress. Jokes aside, it was great uh, going back there. I had a really good time. And then San Jose also, the couple days layover that I was there, it was really great. Uh, it was a really fruitful trip back to the West Coast. So it it kind of, you know, it kind of, I it replaces whatever the trip I had back in September with the circumstances, which I will probably talk about somewhere down the road, you know, whatever, later. <laughs> if this show continues, maybe one day. Uh, so... Anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, this is a little bit of the out of the ordinary, but I guess it's in the ordinary now, back in the weekly cadence over here. So uh, thanks for listening. Please subscribe on the Apple Podcast or the Google Play Music, uh, Stitcher, uh, Pocket Cast. Let's see, app I use. TuneIn Radio, I'm on there too. Uh, and then whatever pot thing you use, please find me. Cast FM, that's the other one I just found the other day. Spotify, I'm not on there. I haven't had time to really look into it. So uh, I'm going to do more travel. So next week I'll be back. Uh, talk about maybe the North Carolina, the home of Ric Flair. So uh, stay tuned. And then uh, if you have any questions, please send anything else, you know, whatever inquiry to a-show at outlook.com, a-show at outlook.com. Have a great rest of your week. And then uh, we'll see you next week. Nobody's